Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Today is Thursday. It's the 22nd of December. We've still got three days until Christmas, but tomorrow we will be off and we'll be handing things over to Steve Azar for a very Mississippi Christmas on Super Talk Mississippi. And so it kind of feels like it's the weekend, even though it's not quite the weekend. Michael Borky's got a long drive in front of him. Yeah. We're excited about a day off tomorrow and getting to a little bit of extra time to do the family thing. And uh, I would I would guess, Borky, I'm, I'm sure there are people that are working tomorrow. Yeah. Like, maybe even lots of people. But my assumption is there are a lot of people that are not working tomorrow also. Yeah. Kind of starting the Christmas weekend a little bit early. It, you said it earlier this week. It gets weird when Christmas is on Sunday. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Uh, based on the traffic on the way here, uh, people are still doing some last-minute Christmas stuff. And then based on the parking lots and all the office buildings that I pass on the way here, nobody's working. So You, you didn't have trouble finding a parking spot at, uh, yeah, at our office? Parked right up uh, right up front. So uh, I'm good to go. There's still some people hanging around here, though. Yeah. Uh, our news department's still working, and, and there's a couple salespeople here. and. Uh, some Farm Bureau employees are still knocking some stuff out before the holiday, but uh, yeah, most uh, most everybody's going to be gone. So, in a lot of ways, we're going to treat today on this radio show like a Friday, because, yeah. for example, normally we would have a food Friday. Well, we're not going to be here on Friday, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about food, so it'll be a food Thursday that we'll pretend is a food Friday, courtesy of our friends at Polk's Meat, and we'll talk... Christmas Eve and Christmas Day menus? Is there variation in what you do on Christmas Eve versus Christmas Day? Are you one of those people that replicates the Thanksgiving meal again at Christmas? Or are you more like the prime rib, beef tenderloin kind of guy? We'll get into all of that this afternoon. Uh, We want to hear from you on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do. And that is right here in Seaspire country. Check them out online, cspire.com slash business. And it's not just for your business. I mean, specifically, we're talking about business. 
But if you have not checked out Ceasefire Fiber to the Home and that is available in your area, you are missing out. It is worth every penny. Michael Borky would agree. I agree. Yep. I use it. I use it. I've been using it for a long time. Don't know how to live without it, but uh, it's fantastic. That's Fiber to the Home from Ceasefire. We are coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of everything. They've got everything at Pearl River Resort. You got the Golden Moon Casino and the Silver Star. You got the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, which is two 18 hole championship golf courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. When the weather is a little more conducive, you've got Geyser Falls Water Park. You've got great entertainment acts, table games, slots, the whole casino deal, not to mention great restaurants. Do yourself a favor. Plan a weekend trip to Pearl River Resort. You can learn more online at PearlRiverResort.com. I have a new hero. Uh, I thought about trying to sing Celine Dion leading you into that, but I'm not going to. So just tell me about your uh, new hero, Michael Borg. His name is Mark Woodley. Mark Woodley is a sports newscaster based in Iowa, but since there are no okay. sports happening in Iowa right now, and the uh, well, they're all canceled because of the oh 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 because oh. the the weather coming through. So they asked mm. uh, Mark Woodley at his local TV station, News Channel Seven, there in Iowa, to cover the winter weather. He compiled all of his hits today <laughs> from the morning show covering the weather. I, I think this is hilarious. Uh, I wanted to play it for you guys. Mark Woodley in Iowa. Mark, how are you feeling out there? Uh, again, uh, the same way I felt about eight minutes ago when you asked me that same question, right? I normally do sports. Uh, everything is canceled here for the next couple of days. So what better time to ask the sports guy to come in about five hours normally uh, earlier than he would normally wake up, go stand out in the wind and the snow and the cold and tell other people not to do the same. I didn't even realize that there was a 3.30 also in the morning. Uh, until today. It's absolutely uh, fantastic, Ryan. You know, I I'm used to these evening shows that are only 30 minutes long, and generally on those shows, I'm inside. So uh, this is a really long show. Tune in for the next couple hours to watch me progressively get crankier and crankier. How do I get that uh, Storm Chaser 7 duty? I, I feel like Clint got the uh, better end of that deal. You know, that thing's heated. Um, the outdoors currently is not heated. Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, I've, I've got good news and, and I've got bad news. The, the good news is that I can still feel my face right now. The bad news is I kind of wish I couldn't. Can I go back to my regular job? I, I'm pretty sure, Ryan, that you guys added an extra hour to this show just because somebody likes torturing me because compared to two and a half hours ago, it is just getting colder and colder. Live in Waterloo, for the last time this morning, thankfully, I'm Mark Woodley. New 7, KWWL. <laughs> <laughs> Can't decide if he was having fun or if he was genuinely miserable. Uh, if you see his face, he's not happy. He's he's joking through it, but the, the temperature drops. And I saw I saw a hilarious joke, and, and if you can't see the actual chart, then it won't be as funny as the laugh that I got today, but... The, the temperature, as this front is coming through, is dropping 40 degrees in some places just within 15 minutes, just plummeting. And uh, somebody said that that was an Atlanta Falcons win probability chart. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm looking at the hourly for Oxford right now. We're not going to get, we're, we're going to get the precipitous drop 
but it doesn't look like it's going to happen in 15 minutes. So I'm looking at 45 degrees and cloudy right now. At 4 o'clock, I'm looking at 45 degrees and cloudy. At 5 o'clock, I'm looking at 44 degrees and cloudy. Not much change yet, Borky. At 6 o'clock, 34 degrees and cloudy. So we're going to drop 10 degrees in an hour, and then 6 degrees the next hour, and 4 degrees after that, and 5 degrees after that, and then 3, and then we'll go into the single digits overnight. 7, 6, 5, 5, 5, 4, 5. Oh, look, it's going to get up to 8 by 9 o'clock yes. tomorrow morning. Good. With a northwest wind at 14 miles. So that's the thing, right? The temperature is one thing. But when you put a wind that is coming out of the north along with it, oh! Yeah. Oh! Yeah, luckily it'll be a little bit warmer here, uh, so it won't be as bad as what you're dealing with. Uh, low of 11, so into the double digits, which oh, that, is that's a game in, changer. In Jacktown? Yeah. Changes things. All right. Um, I'm walking into uh, Saturday. Actually, this is going to wait until Saturday to get to where I'm going. Also a low of 11, but it'll get up into the 30s, so that's encouraging. Yeah, that's that's good. So do you, do you use the Weather Channel app on your phone? I just use the one that that uh, C Spire and the iPhone just uh, just hand oh, okay. to me. I think I deleted that somewhere along the way. Maybe I should get that one back. But when you do like the, the like local city search, so I was just looking to see what it is in all the places that I've saved, favorited, or looked at recently. I mean, we could be in Whitefish, Montana. It was great there this summer. Today it's minus eight. Minus eight? Uh, it is the same temperature in New York City as it is in Mississippi, in North Mississippi. Love that. Uh, Houston, Texas, I was looking at the long-range forecast because of bowl game next week. At 55 in Houston right now, not too bad. Well, uh, isn't there a game tonight where uh, in Fort Worth, right? The Armed Forces Bowl? Yes. Where it's going to get all the way down into single digits because the front's coming through before the game starts. Baylor and the Air Force Academy tonight. Oh, man. Can you imagine if you've made the trip into Dallas for that and you're already committed? And then you got to go in. I mean, wind? Oh, the wind for that one. Currently 18 degrees with a real feel of negative 8. In Fort Worth? In Fort Worth. What time does the game kick off? 6.30? At 6.30, it will be 11 degrees. Dude, it shows me right now in Fort Worth it's 15 and feels like minus 5. <laughs> oh, And a man. wind advisory. That is <laughs> brutal. That is your gift. Congrats on your season, boys. For a boys. relatively good season. <laughs> Hey, it's actually going to warm up at one point during the game. At kickoff, it's going to be 15, and then it's going to go up to 17. You know? <laughs> and then it's going to come back down. People get mad at opt-outs, but, um, you know? 20. Oh. <laughs> I feel bad for them. All right, so along those lines, the total in that game is 43. Wow. You taking the under? Yes. That feels like a smart play. Baylor's a three and a half point favorite. Hmm. 
wind like that, temperatures like that. Sports Talk Mississippi. I I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have fun, though, with you this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Porky, when he returns, I think we've got a bone to pick with Brian Haydad. So, I got an email... At uh, just before two o'clock this afternoon, from Twitter support, and I like immediately checked the email address to see if it was actual or if it was one of those spam emails. It's it's actually something from Twitter, and it says the following material has been removed from your account in response to the DMCA takedown notice copied at the bottom of this email. That means you use somebody else's content, right? Uh, or content that you didn't have the rights to, correct? So there was a video uploaded with a tweet, and the tweet was simply, this was from October 1st of all times, and the tweet simply said, mood, period, and there was some, that's got to be one of those stupid things that Haydad puts up there all the time where he's got a Ric Flair video, right? Is he getting us canceled on Twitter because of his Ric Flair So it, it doesn't say what the video is? No, I mean, like, I, I can open the tweet up, and it says this media has been disabled in response to a report by the copyright owner. Huh. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I don't know what this is. What is it? Because you quote tweeted it, Borky, that night, and it said, is this a terrible editing job? Yes. Am I smiling watching it? Also, yes. See, this is one of those things where you guys made fun of me on Twitter because I don't know how to do the stuff. What, what 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 was what was going on on October first? I, I I remember. I, I remember that. I don't remember exactly what it was though. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I I know who who's not responsible for that. It's not Richard Cross. <laughs> there are things that we know that are abundantly true, and that is Richard tweeting. It just doesn't happen very often. So, uh, anyway, you guys are getting us canceled on Twitter. Are you going to put your name in the hat for the Twitter CEO job? Man, I'm trying to remember what that was. I remember it being funny, too. Mm, Must not have been that funny, at least not to somebody. Uh, I don't know. What the heck, man? I don't remember now. This oh, is some. This may be. This may not be Haydad's fault. This may be something. It might. That you it might created. be. Yeah. It's definitely something I created. Oh, Borky, Borky, Borky. What are we gonna do with you? I don't know. Uh, somebody says, "Yep, Pat. That's Dale in the Delta." Says, "Is that when you guys were photoshopping Richard's head on people?" Yeah, probably. No, so. it wasn't that. It was a video. Hunter and Columbus thought what you said earlier was funny. You think oh, the players are thinking maybe they should have opted out? I remember. It was a Bill Withers video uh, of him singing the song Lovely Day, and it was Ole Miss and Mississippi State both won their games the, that day, and it was Bill Withers saying, when I look at you, and then the score popped up from the state game, 
I know it's going to be. And then when I look at you, and then the Ole Miss score popped up, and then he started singing, a lovely day. It was good. It was really good. And it was gone. So October 1st, what were those games? Uh, it was Ole Miss, Kentucky, and Mississippi State. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Yeah, that was a good video. It did numbers, too. And who was taking... One, it was like a 30-second clip of a song, which I thought applied to fair use rights, especially when it wasn't like on a monetized thing. We don't monetize Twitter, nor will we ever. But who was copyright claiming a 30-second Bill Withers clip from October? It was a good video. Mm. You're going to get us kicked off of Twitter. Can we do something other than Bill Withers? Oh, hold on. Don't you dare. I mean, I, I know. May the legend rest in peace. Oh, I'm Zinola. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, anyway. Man, that was, that was really good. Yeah, it was probably Jimbo, like, uh, like Pat slash Dale said. Oh, you think Jimbo got mad about it? Uh, ser- serious question. Why has nobody in his camp told him to shut up? Serious question. I, I mean that genuinely. Like, it, it's fun to pick at him because obviously Texas A&M is overspending like mad to get players. They just went 5-7, and seven and look at how they're recruiting again. Everybody knows what's up. It's obvious, and that's okay because it's legal. Nobody cares. Everybody's doing it. If you're not doing it, you're going to lose. It's legal now. By the state law of Texas and all 49 other states, you can do it. So why does he get behind a microphone and complain about it happening? I don't understand it. I mean, here, here's yesterday. Jimbo, <clears throat> excuse me. Jimbo Fisher on tampering NIL in the transfer portal. I knew eventually there'd be pay for play, but I did not know it would be NIL like it. Uh, I can't even read it, but I did not know it would be NIL like it came about. The problem with all of it is that there is no consistency in rules, and then when you get into the transfer portal, there is so much tampering going on, it is utterly ridiculous. It is a joke. It's an absolute joke. We are only in college football. Man, that, the, 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 it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. That's his go-to. That's his go-to when he gets behind. It's a joke. Just an absolute joke. And they they signed 18 players, 11 four-stars, and a five-star, and they're already getting multiple former five-star transfers. After going five and seven, he's got the hottest seat in the SEC. And if we're being totally honest, yes, they've got a lot of money, but in terms of tiers of desirable places for a recruit in the SEC, they're closer to Kentucky than they are Georgia. So, I, I, I why defend? With, I know I, I, but I agree with you. But it's not a new question, Borky. It's a question that we've been asking since the middle of last summer with the spat with Nick Saban. Why? What? Why is this the hill that Jimbo Fisher is choosing to die on? Texas A and M is engaging in the NIL game. They, they they are they are playing it at a really high level. 
Why are they ashamed of that? Why are they upset about it? And goodness gracious of all people, why are you complaining about guys getting into the transfer portal and tampering? I'm kind of like you, Borky. I have reached the point where I don't want to hear a coach talk about tampering. Whether that coach is Jimbo Fisher or Trailer at UTSA or somebody Narduzzi at Georgia, Pat Narduzzi at Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm sorry you lost a good player or good players. Do a better job to keep them or be happy for them. But but it's like, no, we want them and we don't want you to have them. Well, play them. Well, they're not good enough to play for us. Well, then if they're a bird, set them free. Let them fly and go figure out. But but it's it's like you want your cake and you want to eat it too and you don't want to share and all of those things. But you... Here, the, the only way, and you, you said this earlier this week, and I thought you said it well, the only way I'm willing to listen to you complain about tampering is, is if you can do two things. One, spill the beans. Name names. Tell the truth. And number two, prove to me that neither you as a head coach nor anyone that is involved in your organization is reaching out to anybody else, any other team, any other roster, any other player, any other intermediary that is dealing with a player, any high school coach to let another player know that, hey, if something opened up, we'd be interested. If you're not doing any of that, and you can prove it, and you're willing to name names, then tell me more about tampering. Otherwise, shut up. Because you're doing it, and it's happening to you. Yep. Times 130, or 131, however many FBS playing t- programs there are. T- tell me who's not. Mississippi State is, Ole Miss is, Alabama is, Georgia is, Texas A&M is. They all are. Heck, Vanderbilt is. Yeah, I mean, you you just don't get to stand on the righteous soapbox of they're tampering with our roster. Yeah, so you are with theirs, too. Maybe not theirs, theirs, but somebody else's theirs. just doesn't make any sense. Especially when it directly benefits his program pre-NIL. I don't know if A&M would be recruiting the way they are. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We got more coming up with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Communication system is a go. Go! This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. It's the most wonderful time of the year. 
with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon, getting closer and closer to Christmas. You've still got time if you've got some things on your list that still need to be checked. Not a ton of time, but but sometime. And um, you're gonna have to do it in person, right? This is this is your shop local moment. Yep. There, there's no more taking the easy way out and getting it shipped. You're not gonna get it there at this point. Your pre- your deadline on that was probably this morning. Like if you got something first thing this morning, maybe it would make it in time. But at this point, it could be really hard. So it's your opportunity to support your local businesses. Most of them will certainly be open tomorrow. Many of them will be open at least part of the day on Christmas Eve, giving you uh, the opportunity to get done at the last minute, whatever you need to get done. Just just say it. So, we get a text. Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. This is from Chase in Columbia. Uh, I'm sorry, Columbus. And he brings up a really good point. And it is... It's a question that I've had for a while, I, I, and I don't know the answer. Chase in Columbus says Jimbo, talking about Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, and Dabo, of course at Clemson, are hell-bent on the NIL morality ship all the way to the bottom, huh? Borky, I do not understand. I'm not the smartest guy on the planet, but I'm not the dumbest guy either. I feel like, and I, I think these I think these guys are different, right? I mean, I think Dabo is very different than than Jimbo. So let's talk about them separately. But I feel like Jimbo Fisher, he's the guy that trying to make this G-rated that that. <laughs> There's got to be another analogy because the the one I'm thinking about is the wizard on your head and tell you it tells you it's raining and expects you to believe it. But they do it in different ways. They're, they're both lying. That, that's that's the the root of all of this. And, and college football coaches, generally speaking, are liars. All right, but hold on for a second. But hold on for a second. Why though, with Jimbo? What? Why? Does he think you, Michael Borky, are dumb? Does he think that I am dumb? His fans Does he are. Think, nope. No, they're not. Sports fans generally are. And look, man, we saw it with Lane Kiffin and his interest in Auburn. There are still Ole Miss fans to this day that are completely and totally convinced that it was just 100% made up by the media. He had no interest. It was all our That's fault. He, but there are people that still believe that. Why? Because Lane Kiffin is still the coach at Ole Miss, and therefore there's no way he could have wanted to be anywhere else. There are people that that just believe that. You can sell crap to your fans. People do it all the time, and fans will eat it up. They abandon all rationality when it comes to their team or their school. A&M fans love this crap. 
Look at their message boards and their replies to tweets and stuff. They, they love it. They, they eat it up. They buy it. They completely and totally believe it. It's just everybody else that thinks he's full of crap. Same thing with, with Dabo and, and Clemson. So in case you guys out there didn't see it yesterday, Dabo had a quote in his press conference where he said yesterday, I'm not kidding, real quote, We built this program on NIL. We really did. We built this program in God's name, image, and likeness. And when you sign 16 four- or five-star players, everybody knows that you had to engage in NIL pay-for-play to get 16 blue-chip prospects in a signing class. You have to do that. It is a requirement. But Clemson fans heard that and think, you know what? Dabo's right. We recruit different kind of kids here at Clemson. When all of us know that's a bunch of crap, his fans eat it up and think that they're special. Because every fan base thinks their school is special, right? Every single one of them. Clemson's a fine place. It's a nice campus. They've got nice facilities. They've got a good fan base. They are no different than 13 places in the SEC. They're, they're, they're really no different than so many, but, but to them it's special. To A&M fans, College Station's different. So, so why wouldn't a kid want to come here? Because to me, this place is so special. I love it so much, and so that player just loves it too. The players that go to go to Mississippi State, go to Ole Miss, go to Alabama, they just they did it for the money because those places aren't special like my place. Same thing with Clemson. So they so, eat that crap up because they believe they're special when they're not. They're just like everybody else. So, so let's talk about the Dabo thing for a second. The the delivery of what he said is a big part of what made it feel so fake. Do you have the clip where we can actually yes, play give it? Yes, one second. All right, so, so we'll play it in a second. And you almost need the video to go with it. Because there's like a pause and a smirk, and then it's like he delivers this line that he's been contemplating. So, so here's where I am on the intersection of sports and religion. I'm not suggesting that this is where you should be. I, I have, I have a a level of respect for players or coaches who are willing, who are not ashamed to recognize their faith publicly, to recognize in a big moment and be thankful for Jesus, for their Savior, all of... You, you see that a lot. And, and I've got a lot of respect for, for guys that that's top of mind in a big moment. But I think there's a difference in that... And I'm not, I'm not casting any judgment here. I want to be really, really careful about that. But there's kind of like a Pharisee element <clears throat> that it feels like is out there sometimes. And if a coach wants to preach to me, to you, to us, to everybody, it sure feels like there is a 
tightrope that he's walking with hypocrisy. And that is, that's a tough line. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I don't like it, especially at the end talks about, this is hard to talk about uh, without offending people, but just know that I I, I agree with you completely. I, I am that that's why I'm a big fan of Hendon Hooker because he spent his off season uh, using his name, image, and likeness to get a book published to help other athletes uh, learn about and introduce them to the gospel. So I I, I support that kind of stuff. But when you talk about how uh, blessed you are at Clemson because of your recruiting efforts, that just rings so hollow to me. It, it's is maybe I'm wrong. I could have it totally wrong. I just highly doubt that uh, that God really cares about how well you do in recruiting. I just don't think that that is something that is going on at Clemson this as opposed was, uh, to other places. This was Davo Sweeney yesterday in his orange blazer with the Clemson logo and a Lending Tree logo over his shoulders. Thinking through it, and I honestly, I mean, for me, we we built this program on NIL. We really did, and and I, it's probably different than what you're thinking, though. We we built this program uh, in God's name, image, and likeness, and that's how I look at it. So thank. So that's that's Dabo yesterday, and again, I don't want to be judgmental because I I don't know. The implication, though, is they don't participate in it. That, that's the implication there. Even if that's not what he's saying, that is the implication. On top of it being kind of goofy, you know, it's, it's very righteous gemstones. Which, by the way, has Clemson elements in the show. It's very fitting. But that's the implication. Is that That's how they built the program. They didn't build it by any other way besides... Just praying, and we got all these recruits because of that. And no, it's because to get the players that you get, to be as good of a coach as he is, which he is, you have to kind of be a mercenary. And that's okay. I mean, you don't hear Nick Saban saying things like that, and you don't hear anybody judging him for not saying things like that. Because you have to be a mercenary. You have to be a killer. And you also have to participate in... Things that are unbecoming to a small percentage of fans. But you don't get 16 blue-chip players without participating in NIL. So don't try to sell people that you're not. It's very bizarre. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will uh, we'll pick this conversation up when we come back. It's going to be part of the conversation. You can join us on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Mississippi. Let's go back. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. Go back to what we were talking about before the break. You can be part of the conversation on the uh, ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. I hesitated yesterday to go down this road at all. And yesterday wasn't the day, National Signing Day. There was plenty of stuff. But but I, I thought and thought about, okay, do we want to talk about the Dabo thing? And I hesitated because I, 
I never want to sound judgmental of how somebody else chooses to profess their faith, but I'm not sure that that's what Dabo Sweeney was doing yesterday. And it's the delivery that he gave, if, if you listen to it and you watch it, where it's clear that this is at Yankton's like, you know, as I reflect, we've been building our program on name, image, and likeness. But it's not the one you think. Pause, smirk. And then he says that we've been building it in God's name, image, and likeness. And look, I think at Clemson, they promote a family atmosphere. I think those coaches genuinely care about their players. I I think they probably do some things that other schools don't do. But they also do things that other schools do do. Four-star and five-star elite high school football players are not just choosing Clemson because of the atmosphere and choosing to walk away from six-figure NIL deals. You you ready for this? I'm I'm just going to do a few. I'm not going to do the whole class. They signed a five-star defensive tackle from Alabama, a four-star defensive lineman from Georgia, a four-star defensive lineman from Alabama, a four-star defensive lineman from Georgia, a four-star offensive lineman from Texas, a four-star linebacker from Georgia, a four-star offensive tackle from Georgia, a four-star offensive lineman from Texas, a four-star defensive end from Washington, D.C., a four-star defensive back from Georgia, a four-star defensive back from Maryland. I mean, you think Uh, those guys... Imagine what they were getting or, or what the offer could have been had they just stayed with their in-state school. All right, so let me take this one one step farther. So on three, does an NIL value, right? And, and it's based on, there's an algorithm based on Instagram followers and Twitter followers and all this good stuff. And I'm not saying that that, that number is accurate. Right? I mean, you got some that are making more, some that are making less, But it's out there, and there are a lot of people that are looking at that. Peter Woods, defensive lineman, Alabaster, Alabama, NIL value $229,000. Christopher, quarterback, what is it, Vizing? Viziana, or Vizina. Christopher Vizina, quarterback, Birmingham, Alabama, NIL value. $543,000. Vic Burley, defensive lineman, NIL value, $148,000 from Warner Robins, Georgia. And it goes on and on and on. Harris Sewell, interior offensive lineman, Odessa, Texas, $120,000 NIL value. If these values exist for these players, that means there are schools that were willing to pay them. Mm-hmm. More than that. You, you don't think Peter Woods, a six foot two, 280-pound, four-star defensive lineman, five-star defensive lineman from Alabaster, Alabama, could have gone to Alabama or Auburn? Or LSU or Texas A&M or Ole Miss or Mississippi State and gotten an NIL deal? 
And so, yeah, th- there may be a few kids who are drawn to what Clemson has done. They're drawn to Dabo. They're drawn to the environment. But you can't convince me that this entire roster, that this entire commitment list, signing class that's ranked 11th in the country for whatever that's worth, all went to Clemson just because of the way Dabo says they built their program. They can have been attracted to that, but they're not choosing it solely based on that. So why, again, I go back to the question of why. And the two most highest, the, the two most high profile coaches that are constantly beating the drum of this are also two of the most highly paid coaches in America. Dabo Sweeney, Jimbo Fisher. And they're the two guys. I mean, Lane Kiffin's up here talking about a salary cap and whether or not we can compete. Is he just making up we couldn't compete with Texas A&M on a kid? Is he just making that up out of thin air? Or is he telling you the truth? And I'm not trying to put Lane Kiffin on some pedestal. But why is it that a guy like Lane Kiffin would be just like as open and as candid as he can possibly be about the entire landscape of college football, but then you've got these two guys in Jimbo and Dabo who want to tell you, no, we do it differently. Stop lying to us. Just stop. It it, it doesn't even make sense. It's like, Do you even believe what you're saying? Because nobody else does. All right, 4 o'clock hour. We'll be right back. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. On lay the world in sin and sorrow pining till he appears and his soul felt the four o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort. The home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, not too late to put a little Dancing Rabbit Golf under the Christmas tree, whether it's a gift certificate or um, a trip. You can plan it and then gift it. Dancing Rabbit, two 18-hole championship golf courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. You can learn more by visiting them online at DancingRabbitGolf.com. Another place you can check out, either online or in-store, is Seaspire. Seaspire.com. Holiday deals that are happening for you, uh, you can, I don't know, for example, buy any iPhone 14 and then give one away on them. And that's with one new line on any eligible plan. For more information, go to cspire.com or stop by the Cspire store that is closest to you. They are all over the state of Mississippi. Richard Cross and Michael Borky. Uh, Brian Haydad used to work with us. Uh, does he still? I think so. I am taking a day off on Monday. Well, look out. So that will be two days off in 2022. Two that you've officially, like, taken 
There's been more than that, though, right? Because we get some bonus. We get a couple. In, right? Yeah, we get a couple bonus. So I think technically it's four. <laughs> Jeez. May I ask you why? Because if I'm not going anywhere, why not work? Yeah, no, I mean I, I'm with you. Like, but like you don't ever just have the desire. Like, you know what? I think this afternoon I'd just like to work in the yard or kick my feet up or just take a day. Thought about it. So you have 18 unused vacation days? 18. 152 hours, right? Mm-hmm. It's 18. Yeah. Okay. All right. Me, you do you, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So what if you, even if you weren't going anywhere, what if you just took a week off in the summer? Might actually be going somewhere this summer, possibly. Okay. It just depends. Where? Um, anywhere fun? Lake Kiwi. Like what? Kiwi, K E O W E E, in uh, in upstate South Carolina. The whole oh, fa- okay. whole family possibly going to be converging uh, there. So that might be that might be five days. I might take a whole week and, and do that. So that'll that'll be an outlier for me, I guess. Have you checked the schedule for SEC Media Days? <laughs> it will not be. Yeah. So we will work around that uh, for sure. Probably in August would would be. There you go. But anyway, yeah. So that, that'll happen. I might do it at some point. And just do it. I mean, but who else is going to inform the people, right? They need people like us. Richard, I have learned that not enough people listen to us when we talk to them. <laughs> and and I mean, we we've got great listeners. We got great sponsors. Like it feels well, we, a little high and mighty. <laughs> I, I know, and I felt bad thinking this earlier today. But man, after reading Dan Wetzel's story, which Dan and I had a nice back and forth, a, a short one on Twitter last night, but. Uh, some of us, guys like Wetzel, but guys like Andy Staples, but more importantly to our audience, us, have been talking for two years about when NIL comes because it's going to come. Why did we know that was going to happen? Because there's too many lawsuits and they're going to give in. It's going to happen. They're going to give in. They're not going to fight it anymore because they'd rather it happen this way as opposed to making the players employees and having a revenue share. It was always going to happen, and for that entire time, any time it was brought up, we kept trying to tell people, the hysteria is unfounded in logic. Ah, but then you have guys, oh, well, Nick Saban's worried about competitive balance. We should listen to him. Yeah, the guy that's dominated the sport for over a decade, who gets any player he wants, who is always going to the playoff, who's winning six championships, that guy's worried about competitive balance? Listen to yourself. You think he cares about if Vanderbilt can compete with him? Of course not. We know now, because we've had NIL for two years, that although very slightly, the top talent in terms of recruiting is spread out more than it has been in the previous 10 years before NIL. We tried to tell you guys that. Oh, but but the... Schools like Alabama are going to get all the great players. They already did. It already happened. Nothing has changed. In fact, again, it's slight. It's just a few players in the top 100. But of the top 100 players in last year's recruiting class and this one, fewer of them are going to the top five than in the previous 10 years before NIL. 
it feels chaotic and the portal's nuts and all that, but in terms of recruiting and who's going to be able to get players, nothing has changed at all. If anything, talent is a little bit more spread out than it was previously, just like we spent two years trying to tell you. And the data backs up what we were saying. Nothing has changed. Okay, and you get you got Alabama with the number one recruiting class, and and I actually would would point you back to to this summer, right? You, you remember when the world went crazy because Nick Saban took a shot at Jimbo? And do you remember what we said in the aftermath? Eh, hold on, okay, we love the headlines, right? We had fun with it, like everybody did. Jimbo Saban goes after Jimbo, and then Jimbo has his little tirade press conference. That had nothing to do, I won't say nothing, that had little to do with Nick Saban being mad at Jimbo. That had everything to do with Nick Saban sounding the collection plate gong for Alabama fans. It was, we're not part of this, we're going to get left behind. And he was able to very publicly point out that Texas A&M bought its entire recruiting class, which wrinkled the feathers of Jimbo, clearly. But it wasn't about calling out Jimbo. It was about sounding the alarm to his own fan base that if we are going to sustain what we have been, we have to do this. you think they responded? I think the number three recruiting class of all time, I think. Obviously number one this year. Yeah. Alabama just went out and put together the number one recruiting class in the country. And they're not done, right? I mean, they're going to add to it. They'll they'll transfer some guys. They're going to go. So Alabama goes five-star safety. Five-star edge rusher, four-star offensive tackle, five-star defensive lineman, five-star linebacker, four-star running back, four-star cornerback, four-star wide receiver, four-star edge rusher, four-star running back. Oh, two of them in the same class? Yeah, okay. How are you going to split the carries? Yeah, we'll figure that out later. Four-star safety, five-star wide receiver. Out of Kansas! It's Alabama, man. Malik Benson, Lansing, Kansas, five-star wide receiver. Where are you going, kid? Bama. Don't blame him. Tell Four-star you. edge rusher. Four-star quarterback. Where? Zachary, Louisiana. The reports of Nick Saban's demise were greatly exaggerated. It's going to go down like this until he's gone. It is. Hey, now why? Yeah, tell me this. Why'd they take a three-star offensive lineman? Oh, he's from East St. Louis? And he's 6'6", 373 pounds? Oh! You gonna bet against Miles McVeigh at Alabama in that strength and conditioning program? Let's see. Windsor, Connecticut. 6'5 and a half, 325 pound offensive tackle, four stars out of Windsor, Connecticut. It's wherever they want to go. 
Owasso, Oklahoma. Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Bray Hubbard is one of four three-star players in this class. I'm not sure that Bray Hubbard is going to be a safety this year, but there are people that have been around him and have coached him, coached him in some of these extra games, and said, man, kid's special. Doesn't throw it well enough to play quarterback at the next level. He's not being recruited as a quarterback. Probably has some learning to do, but his game speed is is faster than his, like, 40 speed. Like, some guys, right, Borky, you get them down and get them ready to do the laser time thing, yeah. and they run really fast, and then you put a helmet and pads and whatever else on, and their game speed is different. They said, this guy's fast, and then his game speed is actually a tick better. And he's maybe bigger than you gave him credit for, 6'1", 195. Talking about prototypical safety size. That's Alabama's class. We'll be right back. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Interesting. My uh, my friend Charles sent me a link. Forky um, Bray Hubbard's grandfather, Billy Hubbard, passed away in in December of 2021. So December 5th of last year, and had ties to the Mississippi Delta. Uh, so bloodlines that that run back to the northern part of the state. Um, so Bray Hubbard's grandfather was son of a sharecropper near Clarksdale in a home that sat between a cotton field and a peach orchard. Graduated from Jonestown High School, Sunflower Junior College, and Delta State. Joined the Navy, was honorably discharged, then moved to Ocean Springs and began a teaching, coaching, and administration career. But the point here is Bray Hubbard's grandfather, Billy, was inducted into the Delta State Sports Hall of Fame in 1994 and the Mississippi Delta Community College Sports Hall of Fame in 2002 and also the Ocean Springs Sports Hall of Fame in 2018. Wow. That's pretty cool. Thanks, thanks, Charles, for sharing that. It's awesome. It's incredible. So, sounds like Bray Hubbard gets it honestly in terms of athletic ability. Borky, we're, we're talking like... Different recruiting stories. Did you see, have, have you read about Peyton Bowen? Yeah, and, and you know, I think he did something uh, at the end of the saga, which I'm sure you'll tell okay. people about. I think he did something really good. All right, so yesterday, Peyton Bowen is a five-star defensive back who was committed to Notre Dame. And then yesterday on signing day, did one of those hat pump fake ceremony deals 
where he flipped to Oregon and then ended up signing today with Oklahoma. Number 14 overall recruit, number two safety in the ESPN 300. Um, Peyton Bowen from John Geyer High School in Denton, Texas. So, Bowen was committed to Notre Dame and then said he was going to Oregon and ultimately signed with Oklahoma. And somewhere along the way felt some remorse, and so he went to Twitter with a fancy graphic to tell you this. As I reflect on yesterday's whirlwind, I recognize that I made some mistakes that I regret and will learn from. Navigating this process has been a roller coaster. With that said, sorry, with that being said, jeez. I also know that I was blessed to be in the position to consider multiple wonderful universities as I continue my football career. I want to thank Coach Lanning, Coach Lupoy, and Coach Powledge for offering me the opportunity to join your great program. Soon after choosing Oregon yesterday morning, I came to the realization that that the, uh, that the decision was not the best path for me. I immediately started to rethink my future. Next, I want to thank Coach Freeman, Coach Golden, and Coach O'Leary for their passion, patience, and efforts to bring me to South Bend. For most of this year, I had truly envisioned my future at Notre Dame. That being said, twice. After deciding to reconsider my final destination, I came to realize that my heart was somewhere else. Excuse me. Page two. That leads me to Oklahoma. Oklahoma has always felt like home to me. Reflecting... Sorry, guys, struggling a little bit. It seems as if I was always looking for a reason to branch out and break away from home. But my relationships with Coach Venables, Coach Bates, Coach Valai, Coach Hall, and Coach Chavis, along with my ties to friends and family locally, ultimately led me back to where I always belonged. Oregon and Notre Dame faithful, I am sorry for how I handled this process. Changing my decision on signing day, the hat pump fake, all of it could have been handled better. I can't change what I did, but this experience is something I will learn from. Oklahoma family, I'm excited to join this wonderful program and represent this university going forward. Peyton Bowen. You know, there's a lot of good in that. Yep. There's a lot of ownership for some pretty childish mistakes. But I just full stop. But I do have questions. It, does it make me a complete cynic if I have questions? No. Was it his idea to do this, or did somebody else do it for him? I hope it was his idea, because that shows to me great maturity and ownership. For him to sit back after all of this yesterday and say, I made a mess of this. And... I embarrassed a couple of fan bases, and I embarrassed a couple of coaching staffs that didn't deserve that. And for that, I'm sorry. I, I would, I hope that's what it was. And then, what role did NIL play in this? Oh, man. I mean, forgive me for being a cynic and asking that question. No, I'm. 
on National Signing Day, you flip from Notre Dame to Oregon, only to ultimately flip to Oklahoma. Am, am I wrong for in this environment when you're talking about a top 15 player nationally? Oh, it's not just this environment. I mean, here's the thing. Stuart Mandel said something yesterday. He said, now recruiting is only about whose collective has got more money. And my reply was, now? I mean, National Signing Day not too long ago was more chaotic than yesterday. When everybody talks about how college football is so chaotic, you you had situations. I, I remember one in particular. Guy's in the NFL now. Where he showed up to his signing day ceremony wearing the school colors that he was signing with. But somebody got to mom, and mom would not sign the papers to the school until he changed his mind. Wouldn't do it. Refused. There was uncles. There was handlers. There was, it it was, it was dirty, and it was, I don't want to say dirtier, but it It was Alabama LSU, wasn't it? Well, he showed up wearing red and blue. Are are we talking about Floyd Raven? No, I'm I'm talking about more recent. Oh, okay. Uh, show, showed up in Ole Miss colors. Somebody got to mom. Yeah, okay. It's but but that there there was that was constant. It was everywhere. So when people pretend like it's happening now, it's all there was more drama on signing day ten years ago than there was now. Last 100%. minute flips all over the place and hundred percent. It's not because a kid decided. You know, I really liked George's practice facility better. You know that. The business school is more of a fit for me. Why do you think the last-minute flips were happening when it had been a dead period for days? It was because of money. And so pretending like this is a new thing now. However, I will say, though, this is my old man yells at cloud take around signing day. How it felt yesterday is how it should have always felt. The fact that this kid was the outlier yesterday I think is a good thing. Because every signing ceremony was picking up hat, throwing it, doing this, uh, trolling. Trolling people that had spent months, if not years, at times being away from their family, just to try to get you to go to their school. And at the end, you're going to troll them in their face? Signing day got so over the top and so ridiculous when it's 17-year-old kids picking their college. And it was encouraged. It was promoted. People that cover recruiting and also people that had their hands out that were affiliated with the kid encouraged that kind of behavior. We didn't see much of that, if any of that, really, besides him yesterday. And that's a good thing. You don't need to be trolling people when you're picking a college when those people did everything they could to get you to play for them. It was wildly disrespectful, and I'm glad it's all basically gone. Well, and, and so when I said a second ago that I have questions... Did he come up with this on his own or not? It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I, I do think there's something to be grateful for here. Either this young man, Peyton Bowen, realized that he screwed up pretty badly and wanted to make it right by very publicly apologizing, or there is somebody in his life that has a good enough head on their shoulders that said, "Sit down. We got to talk." What you did today was childish and immature, and you're going to make this right. Whether that was a family member, or a coach, or a sibling, or a mentor, somebody, either Peyton Bowen did this on his own, or somebody with a good head on their shoulders in his life 
told him, this is what you need to do. Here are some of the responses from you on the ceasefire text line. CC in Senatobia, that dude has multiple personality disorder. Scott and Clinton says, NIL bidding war? Cody and Tupelo, he'll be in the portal in 12 to 24 months. Another one that says, and a year from now, he's in the transfer portal. Bailey says, sounds like Mama got hold of him. Dale from the Delta says, nobody's dumb. He was in the middle of a bidding war yesterday. Hunter in Columbus, easy to apologize after that, but the fact is he did it. There are other safeties out there. There's another one that says, follow the money. Bob says, the young man or someone very close to him wanted to leave a door open for him to go somewhere else when Oklahoma did not work out. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you might even say it glows. And all of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. There's been a lot of speculation that Mississippi State, for its bowl game against Illinois, is going to do maybe a pirate flag on the helmet. I don't think that's been officially announced, but a lot of people have kind of wondered out loud if that was going to happen. I don't know the answer to that. I would think it would, and I think it'll be really cool if they do that. But have you seen, Borky, the new wrap on the equipment truck? So KLLM, friend of the program, KLLM Transport, has done a new custom wrap for Mississippi State's equipment truck. And on the sides of the truck, in huge letters, it says, Swing Your Sword, and there is a picture of Mike Leach in a headset on the side of the truck. There's a pirate flag on there with the ML initials below the cross swords. And it says, in loving memory, it's got 1961 to 2022, and then some of his sayings uh, along the bottom of the truck in a smaller font. And then on the back, like the if you're behind the truck on the interstate, you would see Mike, and the I is a cowbell with skull and crossbones on the cowbell, and below it says, Sing your, uh, swing your sword with Mike Leach's autograph on it. Yeah, that logo... Uh, I. A handful of bowl teams now have have had stickers on their helmet with uh, with that Mike logo on it. I imagine you're going to continue to see it moving forward too. But yeah, that's yeah. really cool. You got to keep that around for a while as well. It looks outstanding. Uh, I've never read the book, and I think that's something that I'm going to do soon. I've got my iPad with the Kindle app on it. Hopefully, it's on there. If not, I'll just order it. I guess, but. I've never done that myself. I, I, I imagine there's a lot of people getting that for a Christmas gift this year as well. But uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give myself that and give it a shot and, and see what I think. I, I don't know what recruiting database you subscribe to, or or you put the most stock in. But the ESPN 300 are these the final rankings borky or will they have an update I, maybe they'll still have an update to the rankings after the army all-american game or the under armor all-american game yeah some some do more uh, do like more updating but in terms of kind of the top 10 players in the country who they were and where they went Malachi Nelson the quarterback from California had the number one ranking in the ESPN 300 signed with Southern Cal 
Arch Manning out of New Orleans, signs with Texas. He was ESPN 300's number two player. Then you had Dante Moore, quarterback out of Detroit, that went to UCLA. But you remember that was a late flip. That was a signing week flip. I think it was on Monday of this week when he announced the decision to um, back off his commitment to Oregon and instead go to UCLA. And and I think this probably, as much as anything, points to what happens when a coordinator moves. Uh, Arizona State hired Oregon's offensive coordinator, right? Is that was that the right? That is correct. Uh, young guy. Yeah, he's thirty-two. Uh, okay. Dillingham. Yeah, 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 Kenny Dillingham. So he leaves Oregon and ultimately decides instead to go to UCLA. Doesn't follow Dillingham to um, to Arizona State, but instead goes to UCLA. Then the players ranked fourth and fifth nationally, a cornerback and an offensive tackle, both from Florida, choose to stay in-state, and they go to Miami. Southern Cal gets the number one wide receiver in the country, out of Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, Zachariah Branch. And then you get into a flood of guys that signed with Alabama. Based on the ESPN 300, Alabama got the number 7, 10, 11, 12, 19, 20, 21, and 22nd ranked players. And also 25, 26, and 28. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. You mentioned quarterbacks. So... And we've been talking about money today because it's part of the college football conversation now. It feels kind of freeing, honestly. Um, it's like NFL draft and free agency conversations. You know, it's, it's, I'm interrupting it's, you. That's 11 of the top 28 players in the country signed with Alabama. Yeah, he needs to retire. We need this to end. And, and 12 of the top 45 and 13 of the top 50. It's ridiculous. It, it really is. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, it, but when you look at... So I've got on three up for whatever it's worth. They got Manning one, uh, Nelson two, Jackson Arnold is going to Oklahoma, Dante Moore going to UCLA, Iyama Lavea going to Tennessee, the Clemson commit we mentioned earlier, Rashada, uh, Holstein going to Alabama, and a couple more. So let's just do the top eight. The millions and millions of dollars invested in the top eight, that's the next domino to fall to me. So we're still very new in NIL, right? This is year two, basically. If you believe the reporting, Florida's got millions invested in Rashada. Manning's obviously going to make millions. The implication in the athletics reporting last year was Tennessee's got millions into their quarterback commit. Even the contract uh, was uncovered by them. What did they report? $7.5 million is the contract value. The overwhelming majority of these quarterbacks are going to bust. The overwhelming majority are going to not, not only not be good, but to be flat out bust, not play, not contribute, transfer somewhere else. That's the next domino to fall here. Th- that that's the thing that's going to. If you're worried about the dollar amounts and how chaotic everything is, when a bunch of these multi million dollar seventeen year old quarterbacks fail, you're not going to see as many moving forward. 
Because if you look at last year's class, or, or really start in 2020, 2019, 2018, and look at the top 10 quarterbacks and tell me how, tell me how many are great today. It's a very small number. And so when you're investing $7.5 mil into a quarterback and you're on year three and he still can't get in the game, that's going to die down too. Is it? Yeah. That 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 amount of money, yes. Money, no. That amount, yeah. Could you imagine going back to that Tennessee or the group of Tennessee boosters that paid their quarterback seven and a half million when he flames out and asking them to do that again? We'll see. I guess Tennessee needs him to be good. He better. Texas needs Arch Manning to be good. Arch Manning's a little bit of an outlier. I mean, his last name obviously matters. Clearly. And and that's not a bad thing at all. Jeff says... Richard, according to Nick Saban, they're not throwing all this NIL money at these players and they're still getting the top recruits in the country. That's from Jeff. I'm not sure that Alabama is participating in quite the same way that Texas A&M is and that Georgia is, but Alabama would have not put together the class that it just put together if it was not very, very involved in the NIL landscape. In the pay-for-play landscape, you weren't getting the class that Alabama just got if you didn't have packages put together for those kids. It wasn't happening. It, it, it just wasn't. And so Alabama's got kind of the best of both worlds, right? They've got the proven track record of getting guys to the NFL. They have the best coach in the history of the game, who is going to adapt and has proven that in a lot of ways, whether it is in the landscape for recruiting or the way the game itself is being played. Nick Saban is the greatest coach in the history of college football for more reasons than one. It's not just because he's won the most national championships. He has not been stuck in his ways. And I don't know that it was always easy for him to change or easy for him to evolve. We've talked about this before, right? I mean, Alabama was the the ultimate. We're bigger than you. We're tougher than you. We're more physical than you. We will impose our will on you. But Nick Saban, to his credit, brought Lane Kiffin in to change their offense. And it was not an easy process. And Lane Kiffin's got the scars to prove it in dealing with Nick Saban. But but to a person, Alabama fans will, will credit Lane Kiffin for what they are offensively today. Now, he doesn't get all the credit for what Alabama's done in the last five years, but he's the one that ushered the transition from pro-style, run-it-over-you, Nick Saban complaining about hurry-up offenses and tempo to Alabama evolving offensively. 
and going from just average quarterback play where we the quarterback doesn't get you beat and hands it off to an elite running back to quarterback playmakers. And it's been an incredible evolution. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on Super Talk Mississippi. time we see Georgia on the football field, it will be against Ohio State in the college football playoff semifinal. It's December 31st in Atlanta at the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Next year, though, Mississippi State, former Mississippi State player Ra-Ra Thomas will be suiting up in the red and black. The sophomore from Eufaula, Alabama, caught 44 passes this year for 626 yards and seven touchdowns to lead Mississippi State. And he will add depth to a Georgia wide receiving unit that really outside of Lad McConkey didn't have a lot of playmakers. I mean, they were so good at tight end with Brock Bowers. And what was the other tight end's name? I can't why can I not remember his name? Just an absolute yeah. beast. Who's gonna play quarterback for them next year? In house? I don't know. Here's my question who's gonna play quarterback for Alabama next year? I don't know the answer to that either. If you had to guess, is he on the roster right now? No. I'm going to go with no also. So Lad McConkey this year for Georgia had 51 catches. No other receiver had more than 27 receptions. And Georgia, you remember this past year, did not have a single transfer portal player. There have been a lot of people that have looked at that Georgia team and said, yeah, that's going to change this year. And it is now changing as Ra-Ra Thomas is headed to Athens. Bulldogs have had a couple of players get into the portal, including tight end Eric Gilbert. Eric with an A. And defensive lineman Bill Norton. So we'll uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, LSU will have the same starting quarterback next year. Jaden Daniels announced that he is returning to Baton Rouge for his senior season. Three years as Arizona State starter, had 2,774 yards and 16 touchdowns with just three interceptions this year. Also led LSU in carries, 180, rushing yards, 818, and rushing touchdowns, 11. In terms of ESPN's NFL draft prospect rankings, he was number 181. So, I mean... Good decision, but was there really a decision for Jaden Daniels? Yeah, that's that's always my question. When I saw a lot of people, oh well, big news, Daniels back at LSU. It, it, my, my thought is, with all due respect to the the player, where where was he going? What do you mean? What do you mean that's big news? I mean, unless he was just done with college, that's not an NFL quarterback, not right now. People think that. I've learned this. People think that good high school player equals SEC caliber college player, and good, even great college player equals 
surefire NFL player. And it almost never works that way. Like, Daniel's a good college quarterback, good athlete. Like, I saw somebody compare him to Lamar Jackson. No. One, not near as dynamic of an athlete. Two, can't throw like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson won the Heisman because of electric plays and also a live arm. It's not even close. Yes, similar styles, sure, but there's only 32 starting quarterback jobs in the NFL. Is that guy going to go get one? No. Yeah. Unless you're just done with college. I mean, he. I'm sure he. somebody would pick him up and put him on a practice squad, or if a team, some teams keep three quarterbacks on their active roster, you know, maybe. But in terms of, oh, I'm going to go in the draft and somebody's going to pick me up and in two years I'm going to be starting somewhere, no shot. So you ask about who's going to play quarterback for Alabama next year. So they've, they've got Eli Holstein, who's coming in. I, I'm just assuming that he's going to be an early enrollee. And they've also got Ty Simpson on the roster. And Ty Simpson was the number one quarterback in last year's class. So when they had to go to a backup this year, you remember that it was Jalen Milrow who who got the start, the redshirt freshman from Katy, Texas. And, man, he did some great things with his feet. But throwing it, you watch him and you're like, mm, I don't know. So, so in terms of, you ask the question, Borky, is, is the quarterback on the roster right now? I mean, if, if you're talking about whether or not he's on the roster right now, you're saying, is it Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson that is Alabama's starter next year? And I think I would guess Ty Simpson over Jalen Milrow. But then after that, you say, okay, then who? You're going to go true freshman, Eli Holstein, coming in? It'd be really hard to be a, a true freshman starting at quarterback for Nick Saban. Not impossible. Or is it somebody from the transfer portal? Is there anybody in the transfer portal right now at the quarterback position that screams starting quarterback at Alabama to you? I think McCall could do it. Sports Talk Mississippi. You're big on him. We'll be right back. Five o'clock hours next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices. Plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm. The Super Talk Mississippi app. And always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Middays with Gerard Gibbert will be on High Street in downtown Jackson at Carter Jewelers tomorrow where they will have some amazing last-minute Christmas deals for you. If you need to get some last-minute shopping in, you can do that at Carter Jewelers in Jackson. Join Gerard there tomorrow from 10 until 1. 
Also, Santa will be working around the clock this Christmas, and he'll be listening to Super Talk, Mississippi Christmas, with Steve Azar. Returns here on Super Talk. It starts tomorrow immediately after middays with Gerard. That's at 1 o'clock. Steve will play hours and hours of Christmas classics and tunes from Mississippi artists, plus Christmas memories from Steve and his celebrity friends. So that is all coming up tomorrow on Super Talk Mississippi. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. An hour left with you before we take a little bit of a break for the holiday. We will uh, have, again, Steve Azar tomorrow, so no sports talk tomorrow afternoon. We will be back with you on Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday next week, and then we'll be off next Friday as well. Sports Talk Mississippi, as always, is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. We've been telling you about Genteel Apparel all fall long. They've been a great partner with us. We were thrilled to uh, begin that relationship. We remind you about the Collegiate Collection. Uh, I suppose not too late to uh, get a last-minute shopping done They've got collegiate gear for Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, Missouri, Louisiana, Memphis, Texas A&M. Got some Southern Miss gear available as well. And right now we're in that time of year where you're looking for warm stuff. You can get the outerwear from Genteel, and then we'll be transitioning right back to spring with those great new golf shirts. I've seen a peak already at their spring line that's coming in, and they have got some fantastic-looking new prints and fabrics and stripes that are on the way. Not going to want to miss those. Thanks to our friends at Genteel who wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. We're coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at Dancing Rabbit Golf or check out the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino, PearlRiverResort.com. Michael Borky, what do you say we do a little college football fix? Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough. You can also find out about the great incentives that are going on right now. If you're looking to get into a new F-150, you can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Um, you and I were talking earlier Borky, and we, we kind of started down a path, and I was like, you know what? We ought to take a peek at the football schedules for next year, for Ole Miss and for Mississippi State. And the backdrop was recruiting, building rosters, what's returning, and I think there is reason for optimism in both Oxford and in Starkville, and there's also... A little bit of hesitation, maybe, when you look at Ole Miss's schedule for next year in particular. So this year, Mississippi State had Georgia on its schedule. It cycles off next year. But Georgia cycles on to Ole Miss's schedule. So this year, when you looked at the Ole Miss football schedule, right, it was it was back backloaded. It was harder at the back end. And unfortunately for Ole Miss, after a 7-0 start, you saw them lose four of their last five ball games, And they finished 8-4. and four. They did what they were supposed to do with the first half of the schedule. Next year's schedule is more balanced in terms of the way that it's laid out. But there is an opportunity for a good start to the year once again. 
Ole Miss opens the season Saturday, September 2nd at home against Mercer. Week two. Don't sleep on the Bears. Oh, come on. Don't sleep on the Bears. Oh, just stop it. Why? Why would you not sleep on the Mercer Bears? Um, I'm mostly just giving a shout-out to the Mercer Bears. Great uniforms, for what it's worth. You might not want to sleep on week two. Maybe not. As Ole Miss will be heading to New Orleans to take on Tulane at Yulman Stadium. First time that Ole Miss has played at Yulman Stadium. All of the games in recent years have been in the Dome, and before that it was at old, they were at Old Tulane Stadium. You know, I think tickets to that are going to be kind of expensive, and here's why. Small stadium. 30000 So there, there might just be a supply-demand price thing going on. Maybe so. Early in the season. Because there's going to be a, I mean, I've already heard from them, a metric ton of Ole Miss fans are going to go to that game. Oh, everybody's going to go. Everybody's going to go. Yeah. I mean, if you, if, if you are thinking about how Ole Miss is going to travel next season, and I'll give you, well, one example in particular is this Tulane game. If you're basing what you see on the bowl game this year on what they're going to do in week two next year, you, you are, you are, Poorly mistaken. There will be many times more people in Yulman than will be in Houston next week. Yes, yes. Uh, but you're talking about a Tulane team's got Michael Pratt coming back. Their head coach Willie Fritz chose to stay put. And a lot of pieces coming back on a pretty good Tulane team. Now, the last time Ole Miss and Tulane met last year in Oxford in a rainstorm, what Ole Miss put 62 on the board or something like that. Could have been more. Yeah. Uh, it's a game you're supposed to win, right? It's a game you need to win. It's week two of the season. It's on the road, but it's Tulane. Out of the American Conference, you're an SEC team. You're supposed to win that game. But Tulane, good football team. With a veteran returning quarterback. Week three, Georgia Tech in Oxford. You would think that Georgia Tech would put up more of a fight next year than they did this year? Do you see who their quarterback's going to be? No. Haynes King. So Ole Miss will be three and zero after the game against Georgia Tech. <laughs> Knew that was coming. And then and then they make the road trip to Tuscaloosa. And that you know it, it's a schedule loss. It's a free shot. You know it's it's Nick Saban's Alabama. It is what it is. I think the next three games tell the story of the season for Ole Miss. And it's two games, and then an open date, and then a road game. After the trip to Alabama, Ole Miss returns home to play LSU on September 30th. And then the following Saturday, October 7th, they've got Arkansas coming to their place. Ole Miss did not play well against LSU this past year in Baton Rouge. They just didn't. They got beat up. Earlier in the year, home game, really important game on the schedule. And then Arkansas is a really important game on the schedule. Man... I think Arkansas is going to finish last in the West. Next year? I mean, okay. returning KJ's good. I get that. But, but man, it seems like things are unraveling a little bit there. Maybe so. Open date, and then Ole Miss goes to Auburn. And I think that's Ooh. one that'll, you know. There's going to be some spies there. Yeah, there will be. Saturday, October 21st, on the road at Auburn. And then you get Vandy at home, and then A&M at home. So win-win. Saturday, November 11th at Georgia. Hey, just so you know, 
and I haven't officially put in, but I will I will be off on Friday, November the tenth. Not gonna be with you. Sorry. You and Hayden don't have to handle that day. Is that a problem? You good? You good? You don't have that on the schedule yet. Uh, not not yet. I'll, I'll have to look. But yeah, I mean the, the second schedule loss for Ole Miss again. It is what it is. Having to go to Alabama and Georgia. There's if you want a spin zone, at least both of those games are on the road, so you get winnable games in your place, as opposed to Georgia coming to your place and you having to go to College Station or having to go to Fayetteville. You know what I mean? You would rather play Georgia, not at home. I think. Because I don't think you're winning that game. Some of you might think that's stupid. But I'd rather play Arkansas at home and Georgia on the road than Georgia at home and Arkansas on the road. Better chance of getting one of the two with Arkansas at home as opposed to having to go to Fayetteville. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then ULM. So Ole Miss will enter into the open week before the final game of the regular season sweepstakes that so many other teams have played in recently. And then got to go to Starkville on Thanksgiving night. So that's Ole Miss's schedule next year. So what? You go win against Mercer, win against Tulane, win against Georgia Tech. That's a 3-0 and start. You give them a loss against Alabama. That's 3-1. and Say split LSU and Arkansas. Just, okay, so what, 4-2 and after six games? You look at the second half of the season, you go, uh, yeah, you should win at Auburn. I don't know if they will or not. Traditionally, they haven't, but you should next year. Ole Miss going to be better than Auburn and Vandy. So now you're 6-2. and and then, I don't know, you going to pick a loss to A&M? Probably no. not. Okay, so 7-2 and two at Georgia, 7-3, and three, beat ULM 8-3 and three. Mississippi State. You're playing for either an 8-win regular season or a 9-win regular season, if it plays out that way. It doesn't always play out that way, but just on the surface, it's probably how you'd go through and you'd pick them. We'll do the exact same thing with Mississippi State when we come back, looking at their... 2023 football schedule. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. So we looked at Ole Miss's schedule for next year. Let's do the same thing for Mississippi State. We will get to a food Friday on this Thursday coming up in our next segment with you, next to last, on this Thursday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. You can be a part of the conversation on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Let Seaspire help you with your holiday needs, seaspire.com, or visit one of their stores, Seaspire uh, stores all across the state of Mississippi. You still are looking for the uh, just the right present to slip under the tree. Now is the uh, time to get it, and you can do that at Seaspire. Quick temperature update where I am. So right now, Borky, it's um, 
Oh, what is it right now? 42 right now. It's going to drop 4 degrees in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> According to my hourly forecast, it's going to be 34 at 6 o'clock with uh, maybe some snow flurries coming down. And then 28 by 7 o'clock. Sounds lovely. Y'all. All right, state schedule for next year. They open Saturday, September 2nd at home against southeastern Louisiana. Good way to start the year. Can't wait to uh, to count down and spend months previewing the season to start just to have Mercer and Sela in town. Yeah. Awesome. Who does, who does Southern Miss open with next year? Oh! Oh, wait. Do we not have a full schedule for them next year? They are at Florida State in Week 2, but I don't see their Week 1 game. Does not appear that uh, the Sun Belt has released that yet. Oh, okay. We'll, uh, we'll see. So does that mean conference game in Week 1 for Southern Miss? That's how that reads, yeah. That's how it reads to me as well. All right, so Southeastern Louisiana Week 1. Arizona in Week 2. Return trip. This game Mississippi State should win at home. Yeah. Be a nice test, though. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Week three, LSU in Starkville. Week four, at South Carolina. Week five, Saturday, September 30th, Alabama. Bama. I mean, Zach. This is Zach Arnett's fourth year at Mississippi State. He's well aware of how the SEC works. But uh, welcome as a head coach. You get the SEC West champion, returning everybody on offense. Harold Perkins on defense. Then you have to go to the Buzzsaw, which is Williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina. By the way, they have bought forty thousand tickets to their bowl game. 40,000 of them. It's only a four-hour drive. I mean, it made all the sense in the world to put them in Jacksonville. Yep, they're going to pack and they're the playing Notre Dame! Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to take over that stadium. It's crazy. And then a week after that, you welcome in Nick Saban's Alabama. Congrats on becoming head coach, Zach Arnett. That, uh, that, that nice pay bump you got comes with, <laughs> with this on your schedule. It's, whew, that is a stretch right there. I've had um, multiple people, I think, that would know tell me that Southern Miss is probably opening with Alcorn State next year. So that's cool. Cool, cool. way to start the season. Okay, Okay. so they, uh, I guess, still have that one non-conference to add. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, cool. Vicky in Clarksdale, by the way, says that they are having a blizzard in Rena Laura right now. Rena Laura, part, uh, Clarksdale suburb. <laughs> suburb of Clarksdale. Rena Laura. Great spot. Spent a lot of time there. Uh, okay, so LSU at South Carolina, Alabama, and then Western Michigan before the open date. So that gets you to the halfway point. Six games in. Second half of the season. Back-to-back on the road at Arkansas, at Auburn. Then a home game against Kentucky. Then a road trip to A&M. I mean, that stretch right there, too. Three of the four road games, you're in Fayetteville, in Jordan-Hare, and at Texas A&M. Yep. Tell me what their record is in those four games, and i tell you what kind of season they have. Because just like we mentioned with Ole Miss a second ago, 
judging how they perform against Nick Saban's Alabama, just not fair. It's just simply not fair to ask, a, especially a first-year head coach. But I mean, it's just not fair to ask. But that, so, those four so, games, tell me what the record is. I tell you what their record is. All right, so we'll play the the winner loss thing here in just a second. Final two games of the regular season: Southern Miss at home, Saturday, November eighteenth, and then five days later, it's the Egg Bowl with Ole Miss coming to Starkville. Not a great spot to play Southern Miss. I mean, with all due respect to Southern Miss, and regardless the the ten or so people that come after me on Twitter, if I say anything that is not to the top, Southern Miss is the best football program in America. You'll take offense to this. That's fine. Southern Miss is not Arkansas in Fayetteville, so it's a different thing. But Ole Miss kind of dealt with that a little bit last year, mm-hmm. having a, a difficult yeah. game Bigger before the Egg Bowl. Bigger challenge for State the week before the Egg Bowl than Ole Miss the week before the Egg Bowl. No doubt. All right, so so checks and X's. We're giving State a 2-0 start with wins over Southeastern Louisiana and Arizona. Got to be careful with that game against Arizona. You do. But, but, but 2-0. I think Jed Fish is moving in the right direction. Uh, with, with Arizona, and we know they've got a dangerous quarterback. So we'll see. But but we're going 2-0 start for Mississippi State. Are you okay with a split over the next two with LSU and South Carolina on the road? And I'm not even saying which one's a win and which one's a loss. Just 1-1 one and one over the course of those two games in weeks three and four. Mm-hmm. Especially That's- if Rattler goes and, and you got, although he wasn't good until the end, but still having... An unproven like Luke Doty or something starting for the Gamecocks, and they've recruited well, but still, yeah. All right, so we'll say three and one after four games for Mississippi State. Then Alabama in Starkville. You know what we're chalking that one up to. So that's three and two, and then Western Michigan. So four and two at the halfway point, and an open date. Second half of the season at Arkansas at Auburn. Two games that Mississippi State absolutely can win. Two games that they could lose. Tough places to play. I would say in those four, if they came out two and two, that'd be fine. All right. So, so what if you, what if you say split Arkansas and Auburn, and then split Kentucky A and M? Yeah, I'm. <laughs> All right. Don't get ahead. Let me count. So, so we're so we're now at five and three through eight games with four games remaining. Kentucky at home at Texas A&M. Until further notice, I will pick Mississippi State to beat Kentucky in Starkville, and I will pick Mississippi State to lose to Kentucky in Lexington. So that's a win. And I think until proven otherwise, I'm just going to pick them to beat Texas A&M. The A&M hasn't given you a reason to think otherwise. All right, so now Mississippi State is 7 and. Three, is that right? So four and two, five and three, six and three. Okay, seven and three. Eight and three after Southern Miss. No disrespect intended, just calling it how I see it. And so the Egg Bowl is for either an eight-win season or a nine-win season for Mississippi State. If you get Ole Miss and State both eight and three going into that ballgame, you get a top 25 matchup again on Thanksgiving night. That'd be great. Yeah. I don't think that's too big of a stretch on either of those schedules. 
could both teams, could one or the other or both teams be a little better than eight and three? Yeah, I guess so. Could be nine and two going in. It's hard for me right now as we sit here to see any, a record of better than nine and two for either of them. Could both teams, or let me say it differently, could one or the other or both teams have only six or seven wins going into that game? Sure. Yeah. But if you're, if you're looking at st- establishing a floor and a ceiling for next season for Ole Miss and for Mississippi State, I think your floor for both of them is six. Um, considering what you're paying, you're, you're paying Lane Kiffin three times more what Mississippi State's paying Zach Arnett. Nine mil at nine million dollars a year. Did we see a salary number for him? Three million. Okay. Four years, twelve million. Okay. Um, six and six is unacceptable with what Ole Miss has invested in the Lane Kiffin. Completely and totally and utterly unacceptable. I I, I agree. I agree. I'm just I'm just establishing oh, a right. floor. Yeah. I think seven and five would would also apply. You can't accept that when you're investing what they are. You're right. You're right. But you also look and you play at Alabama and at Georgia. You do. So you're pretty sure that that's two, which doesn't leave much margin for error the rest of the way. That's why you get paid $9 million. All right, Food Friday on a Thursday when we come back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. I'm so bummed out. Corky, I just looked at the NFL schedule. Buffalo is at Chicago on Saturday as opposed to being at home on Saturday. Would you care to hear the forecast for Buffalo tomorrow and Saturday? Always. Tomorrow during the day, a high of 40, with the temperatures falling sharply to near 20, wind gusts between... I'm sorry, sustained winds, 25 to 40 miles an hour. Chance of snow, 100%. Snow accumulating 5 to 8 inches. Occasional wind gusts over 50. On Friday night, wind gusts up to 75 miles an hour in Buffalo. 8 to 12 inches of snow expected on Friday night. Saturday during the day, another 5 to 8 inches. Winds 25 to 40. (laughs) And Saturday night, another 1 to 3 inches. Even if they get the low side of the forecast in all four of those time parts, that is 13, 18, that's 19 inches. If they get the high end, it's 31 inches of snow in 36 hours. And over 1 million people choose to live there. Wow. Buffalo. What is it in Chicago where the Bills and the Bears are supposed to play? Probably not much better. I don't know. A lot of that front's going to be through. Well, the Yeah, just cloudy and windy on Saturday. But like... High of 11. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I, I saw a funny quote from the Saints today. I can't repeat all of it because there was a, a bad word in there, but 
uh, I think it was Cam Jordan that said, yeah, they, I mean, they, they live up there and they practice up there, but they're going to be cold as two. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, we're going to be cold, but so are they. It, yeah. It's a good point. Dwayne missed where I was talking. I was talking about Buffalo. Bills are on the road, though. They're in, in Chicago. Anyway. All right. A special edition of Food Friday on a Thursday presented by Polk's Meat. You can visit them online at polksmeat.com, but more importantly, when you're doing your holiday Christmas shopping, making that run to the grocery store, especially if you haven't already, be sure when you make the run to uh, add Polk's Meat products to your uh, to your shopping cart, especially the sausage, especially the sausage, the garlic and green onion, the Cajun sausage, which is my favorite, although the garlic green onion is running a really, really close second, or just the original smoked sausage. Because there are no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. And by the way, if you cannot find Polk's meat products at your local grocery store, find another grocery store. Actually, don't. Go to the manager of the meat department and tell them, hey, let's get some Polk's. Mississippi company, great product. It's going to sell for you. I'm going to buy it. Picky people pick Polk's. Tell them that. So, Borky. Christmas weekend cooking. For most people, that means two meals. Usually there is some sort of a Christmas Eve meal, either in the daytime or in the evening, and then a Christmas Day meal, usually in the, you know, either the lunchtime or the afternoon. Some people do kind of a fancy Christmas night dinner. All, all different, you know, depends on what your family's holiday tradition is. What is it for you? What, what's the tradition for your family? Prime rib. You have to. You always have to go prime rib on Christmas, Christmas. Eve or Christmas Day. Uh, day this time anyway. Okay. Um, we're just doing steaks on Christmas Eve, but because okay, not everybody's going to be in town it, anyway. Details don't matter. Point is, prime right. rib is to me the turkey of Christmas. I think you got to have it if you can get it. And the most important thing about prime rib, people cook it different ways. Some people smoke it, sear it off, finish it off in the oven. To me, the most important thing, the step that you cannot skip, is making the compound butter to rub it all over it. Don't just season it. No salt and pepper. I mean, you can put it in your compound butter, I guess. But if you're not cooking your prime rib without a butter rub, then I think you're doing it wrong. I do mine with, obviously, just softened butter with uh, herbs and garlic. Just a garlic herb butter, but you coat the entire thing with it. If you don't have a smoker, oven's fine, mm-hmm. but but you can't skip that step. I think it takes prime rib to the next level because it, it's so you cook it so rare, right? That there's not enough time really, other than if you're smoking it for seasonings to kind of seep into the the inside. It's it's not like you're cooking a butt or something like that. Yeah. So th- that's a, a very important step to me that you can't skip. Otherwise, you're just you know eating a ribeye. Uh, let's see here. Adam in Monticello says, geez, all my family does are finger foods. Well, that's fine. Again, whatever tradition works for you. So growing up, Borky, we tended to replicate the Thanksgiving meal again on Christmas. Turkey and ham and would do dressing and all those things. We, we've shifted a little bit. I'm not 100% sure. I, I think we're doing a Christmas Eve lunch. It's the last plan that I heard. And because of some circumstances, it's possible that that turns into like a soup lunch on Christmas Eve. If we do that, probably do a couple of soups, like a uh, 
like a white chicken chili and maybe a taco soup as well. And then Christmas Day, I ordered them earlier this week, picking them up tomorrow. Um, we, uh, we've got a beef tenderloin. I've actually got two of those, two three-pound trimmed and wrapped or uh, trimmed and strung together beef tenderloins from uh, from LB's, and I got two of the small beef shoulders as well, the, the Terrace nice. Major that I was telling you about that uh, we got at, at Thanksgiving that were such a hit. So I'll throw those on the grill, slice those, put them out with some cheese and uh, maybe some Sister Schubert's rolls for, for an appetizer, and of course, Polk's smoked sausage. Uh, so that'll be the appetizer plate. I'm kind of a one-trick pony on the appetizer plate, but it seems to work. Uh, and then tenderloin, beef tenderloin. And I will marinate that on Christmas Eve, but not a lot. Right? Some some Worcestershire, some Lowry's, some uh, kosher sea salt, some black pepper, Maybe a little bit of olive oil in there as well, and that's it. And just kind of let it sit overnight. And usually do beef tenderloin in the oven. Might put it on the grill. I'm going to try to get it to 115 degrees. Yeah. Internal temperature. Pull it off at 115. Let it sit. It'll should go up another five degrees. Be at 120 where you're uh, ready to serve it. May pull one of them off at 110. The other one off at 115. Attaboy. And then, uh, then the sides to go with it. Sounds outstanding, honestly. So that is the plan for me. Uh, got a buddy of mine sent me a, mar- uh, a recipe for marinated beef tenderloin. Cup of ketchup, two teaspoons of prepared mustard, half a teaspoon of Worcestershire, one and a half cups of water, two envelopes of Italian salad dressing mix, and uh, a four to six pound beef tenderloin in there as well. I've used Italian dressing before on uh, on beef tenderloin, and it turns out great. Uh, some of your responses. We always do Christmas Eve soup after church. The goose and sausage gumbo I sent you last week. Venison chili, cheese soup, and venison tamales. That's from Doug and Jackson. I had tamales last night, Doug. They were great. Uh, Dwayne and Brandon says, put the polks in Sister Schubert's rolls. That is great. You are absolutely correct. Dwayne, love that. Um, Brandon says some sort of new crock pot casserole that my wife made today. Seasoned ground beef, sliced potatoes, a can of corn, cream cheese, Colby Jack cheese, add some garlic powder, salt, and pepper. Yum. That's like crock pot casserole soup, almost. Bobby gives us a little bit of a weather update. He says, my car's thermometer is 45 degrees in Batesville. I'm driving. The wind just lurched my car so hard three times in a row, I got a little worried, and now it's sleeting. Hard. Instantly building up on my windows. He says, be careful. We we uh, we concur. How about a little uh how about a little Mississippi Gulf Coast themed Christmas meal? Ricky and Ocean Springs. Christmas Eve, they do an Italian feast. On Christmas Day, it is a seafood feast of snapper, gumbo, crab cakes, and shrimp oysters. Yeah, buddy. Wonderful. Santa's good to you. Wonderful. Hunter in Columbus, we always had steaks at my grandparents growing up. Now we do the steaks at my dad's house. Now I'm the crazy uncle. I'm getting old. Merry Christmas, Hunter. 
Mike in Oxford says ketchup, ketchup on beef tenderloin. No, it's not that you're putting ketchup on beef tenderloin, Mike. It's part of the marinade. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Jeff in Oxford says finger foods on Christmas Eve, then a big breakfast on Christmas Day, and a big pot of homemade chili on Christmas evening. And the perfect weather for that, too. Mm-hmm. I'm no a big doubt. advocate for over-the-top chili, by the way, Jeff. Uh, do, do one with, uh, with chuck roast. Just yeah, I sound condescending when I say stuff like this. Just Google it. Don't have enough time to, to give you a full rundown here, but over-the-top chili, it takes it to the next level. Villain Starkville says, Crock-Pot pork loin will serve with a pan of cornbread and some homegrown green beans. Inside the pot, you've got taters, carrots, and onions to go along with the pork roast. Might throw a package of that uh, um, Italian dressing soup in there as well. That's some nice additional flavor, Bill. All right, we'll wrap it up with you coming up next. Best Christmas present you ever got. Send it to us on the ceasefire text line. Sports Talk Mississippi. Oh what is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs> so welcome to the weekend, right? Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Holly Jolly Holidays running through January 2nd. you still got some time to go ice skating if you are so inclined. The Oxford City Pavilion at the corner of University Avenue and Bramlett Boulevard is open. You can ice skate for just $12. Probably want to bundle up if you do that over the next couple of days you can see the full schedule available online at visit oxfordms.com we've missed our friend brian haydad this week he took some time with his family he's been in st louis coming back for christmas and uh, safe travels to them hey safe travels to you as well if you are on the road tonight or over the next couple of days obviously we've got uh, really cold weather coming in Bo and indianola told us that he was coming back from arkansas going over the river bridge in greenville and thought that the wind was going to blow a big diesel rig into the Mississippi River. So it was a little scary. Uh, so wind really whipping if you're on the road. Please be careful tonight. Um, thanks again to our friends at Polk's Meat. A food Friday on a Thursday. We had a couple of other people that sent us messages right after we uh, wrapped things up. Somebody said reverse sear prime rib on the pellet grill, two to three hours at 250. Finish it off at 500. Money every time. That is from Austin in Gulfport. That sounds fantastic. So I threw it out there before the break. A few of you have responded, and uh, I'll, I'll let Michael Borky as well. Best Christmas present you have ever received? Uh, an Xbox, actually. Okay. But not so when it was bought for me, I guess they didn't know like what would come of it. So that was right as like online play was was starting out and getting big. Like Halo 2 came out and you know when we were kids, obviously we had curfews, right? So we'd mess around the neighborhood all day. And then when it was time to go home, we'd go home and eat dinner or whatever, and then we'd all hop on the Xbox so we could keep in effect hanging out. And so for years, after curfew, my friends and I would still get to hang out for hours, like into 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, playing Xbox together, even though we weren't in the same place. And back then, 
that was such a novel concept because it was brand new and it was so cool. And for years, I got to, you know, keep up with friends that moved away, like talk to them almost mm-hmm. daily and stuff like that. It, it kind of it, it gave the us world more, a smaller place. It did, and so I've I always remember that one specifically. It came with Halo Two. Because we'd have to come home at 8 and we'd play till 2 in the morning. It's like I got to see my friends all day long. My, my buddy Scott moved to Colorado, of all places, joined us every night. I mean, it's like he never left. It was pretty Donald cool. And, Donald in Oxford says, best Christmas present ever, 1985, the original Nintendo. It was a big deal, right? Transitioning from Atari, that was the next step forward in video games. He went to, what, 64-bit cartridges, I think they were? Um... And you got classics like Duck Hunt and Zelda and Contra and Super Mario Brothers and Skater Die and RBI Baseball and Bases Loaded. And the list went on and on and on. That's great. Uh, my best Christmas present ever, Borky. Um, before Jane and I got married, we were, I don't know if we were engaged or maybe it was the year before we were engaged. Got a pistol for Christmas. I think I've told this story before. Uh, Smith and Wesson 357 Mag re- revolver, and I'd never had a handgun before, so I was really excited about that. I'd shot them, but never had one of my own, and so went out back behind their house. They lived on Moon Lake, uh, right outside of Clarksdale. In the Moon Lake, awesome yeah. little lake there. Great spot, great spot. And behind, beside their house was a pecan orchard, so we set up a, a target on a pecan tree, and I was shooting and was doing pretty well. And here comes Jane sauntering out of the house, and she's like, "Hey, I want to shoot." So. I load the gun and hand it to her. She squeezes off three of the six rounds from about 25 or 30 feet. They are all on a quarter size inside the bullseye. She goes, I'm good, hands the gun back and walks back inside. (laughs) Okay, then. So uh, that was fun and uh, and still got that. And uh, my son has gotten some guns along the way for Christmas as well. Uh, Some of your favorite Christmas gifts, a shop vac from my brother-in-law. Okay. I'll go with that. Very useful. Dwayne says, you guys have a very special Christmas. Love the show. Can't miss the show. Podcast on the weekends. My wife says I have a problem, but I can't help it. You guys feel a big part of my day. Thank you, Dwayne. Appreciate that very, very much. By the way, that shop back is 25 years old, and it still works. That's The gift that keeps on giving the whole year long, Clark. They don't make things like that anymore. Louis says his favorite Christmas gift or best Christmas present ever was Salvation. Uh, oh, okay. You win, Louie. Uh, 1975, model 94 Winchester. I'm 62, and I'm still hunting with it. That's from Carl in New Albany. Somebody got a set of PXG irons last year. Best Christmas present ever. Uh, let's see here. Hunter in Boonville. I was the only kid in my immediate family that got a stretch Armstrong. I felt like a god among peasants. Uh, da, da, da. best Christmas present ever, a model 1112 shot, uh, a, a model 11 12 gauge shotgun for my 12th birthday. Merry Christmas, guys. Keep up the good work. Merry Christmas to you as well. A unicycle when I was eight years old. That's from Greg and Jackson. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. If you celebrate Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah to you as well. I think it's either day five or day six, so happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll be back with you on Monday. Enjoy time with family and friends. We love all of you. Thanks for letting us do what we do every day. Good night.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.